Welcome back to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today is one of our special features where we are just going to be bringing you a special word from Chris Johnston, who will be studying Luke. So thank you for joining. So at the end of the book of Luke, chapter 24, Luke records this encounter with two disciples and Jesus. He's the only gospel writer who does that, but I'm, I'm so glad that he did. And so I'll read this starting in verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about the things that had happened. Now, this is on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. While they were talking and discussing these things, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was to redeem Israel. And besides all these things, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying, they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart who believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now it's interesting because there were three times in Luke's gospel where Jesus told his disciples about his death and his suffering. It was twice in chapter nine and it says, but they did not understand this saying and it was concealed from them. And then again in chapter 18, but they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them and they did not grasp what is said. That's clear because in the very next verses, they were arguing about who was the greatest. In this chapter, it says that their eyes were kept from recognizing Jesus. And as they were explaining to Jesus all the things that had happened, you can feel the excitement and hope start to rise and then it falls again and again. But it says he explained to them from Moses and the prophets, so the law and the prophets. And I just wonder, you know, this, it says it was a seven mile walk, so about two hours that Jesus had to walk with these guys. And I just wonder what passages he referenced from Moses and the prophets. You know, maybe it was Abraham when he was about to sacrifice Isaac and in the last moment, God telling him that there was a, a ram nearby in the thicket or certainly Isaiah 53 in that section of the suffering servant. But it, it almost doesn't matter. You can open up to any page in the Old Testament and find that page is about Jesus because the whole Bible is about Jesus. In the Jesus said to the Pharisees in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it's they that bear witness about me. So not just the whole Bible is about Jesus, but really the whole universe is about Jesus. I love Romans 11 that says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. You hear in that the language of source and instrumentality and the goal, the reason that the world exists. Or in Colossians 3, he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. So this is not just a vague notion of God, but this is specifically Jesus. And for the disciples, the problem that they had was suffering. They didn't expect that their Messiah would suffer the way 
that Jesus did, you know, much less that he would be killed as a criminal on a cross. You know, that was, that was unthinkable. That did not square with their expectation of the Messiah. And now as we look back on the story of Jesus, you know, we always think of the cross. That's, that's absolutely right for us to do so. But we have to cut the disciples some slack. They were not expecting their Messiah to go through all that Jesus just went through. So he took this time with these guys on a two-hour walk, and he helped them understand that this was foretold long ago. This was part of God's plan of redemption. So as they're walking, it says he opened their eyes so that they could see Jesus in Moses and the prophets, how it all pointed to Jesus. And at the end of this uh, encounter together, Jesus, they saw that it was Jesus and then he vanished from them. And it says in verse 32, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and he opened to us the scriptures. So the result of walking with Jesus is that their hearts burned within them. That fire of their faith that had died out on Golgotha and seeing their rabbi be crucified, that same fire started to burn back to life with that familiar hope that Jesus was indeed the Christ, the promised Messiah. And Jesus put the pieces together for them in the context of scripture. So what really set their hearts ablaze was seeing Jesus in scripture, specifically the Messiah who suffered for them, that they would be reconciled to the Father. And when they saw Jesus for who he was, that's when their hearts burned within them. John's gospel explains, you know, these things are written that you may believe and by believing have life. We also need to have our eyes opened to see Jesus for who he is, or we'd be like the disciples were earlier. These things will be concealed from us. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the good news is that we have the promised Holy Spirit. At the end of this chapter, Jesus is speaking to all the disciples. And it says in verse 45, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things and behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. It's, it's remarkable that Jesus said it's better for him to go away so that you might receive the Holy Spirit. That, that's not what I would expect. If I could have one day with Jesus, I would want that. But he said, no, it's much better that I leave so that the Spirit comes. And we have God's Holy Spirit promised from the Father. And I love the way that, this, uh, that the book of Luke closes with Jesus revealing to all of his disciples, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And if you think about when we see Jesus for who he is, the one who endured the cross, who suffered death, who was buried and whom God raised to life, when we truly see him for who he is, our hearts burn within us. If, if you think of the sermons that have stirred you the most or the songs that you love to sing, they're probably all about Jesus. They make much of Jesus and his suffering on the cross. They reveal him as our Messiah. That's, you know, my favorite verse in scripture is Romans 8, 32. If God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not along with him graciously give us all things? And that's why it's right to spend so much time talking about the cross. You know, we never move on past the cross. We return to it again and again as a picture of who God is for us. The same way that the Israelites every year were called to reenact the Passover. They were remembering that they were in Egypt in the house of slavery and God brought them out with a mighty arm. 
In this passage, though, God gives us a very specific way to pray. We can ask that God will open our eyes to see him in scripture. And the result is our hearts will burn within us and we'll be able to bear witness to who he is. I love the way that Jesus commissioned the man who had the legion of demons in him and Jesus cast them out. And he wanted to follow Jesus, but Jesus told him, no, I want you to return to your home and declare how much God has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. That's what we're called to as well. We have seen Jesus and we are called to be a witness. I hope this encourages you today. And I hope as you encounter scripture, every time you open the Bible, you can ask God, help me to see Jesus and help me to bear faithful witness to him. God bless you. Thank you.